Today is Friday, April 9th. The title for our devotional is Jesus Wants You to Be With Him. This week, we've been going through Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17. In this prayer, which he prays out loud with his disciples during the Last Supper, he prays a lot of resurrection themes. Today, we come to the last one in the prayer. John 17, 24 says this, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. In this portion of the prayer, Jesus is praying for those who will believe as a result of the disciples' message, that is, the church. Remember, we will be in this prayer next week as well, where we will unpack the references to the disciples being those whom you have given me in much more detail. This week, we're just focusing on the resurrection themes in keeping with Easter. Similar to what we saw on Wednesday in Jesus' first portion of the prayer in which he prays for himself, Jesus here makes reference to a return to his glory that he had with the Father. This glory he had before the creation of the world, which would remind the reader of John 1, 1 1-2, and 1-14, which we referenced on Wednesday. The disciples and those who will believe in Jesus have witnessed this glory in part, but it pales in comparison to the true glory of Jesus in his pre-incarnate and post-resurrection state. Again, Jesus is the eternal Son of God, God in flesh, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus here indicates that he was not just in existence before the foundation of the world, that is, before the world was created, but that his relationship with the Father was based in love as well. The Father's love for the Son is the reason for the Father's gift of glory to Jesus. The intimacy of the relationship between the Father and the Son is infused throughout this entire prayer. It is impossible to miss. Here, it comes to the forefront. Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit have related to one another in perfect love for all eternity. This mystery is difficult to imagine, but beautiful in its implications. The Godhead exists in a perfect, eternal love relationship. God was never lonely. Yet Jesus still desires for those whom the Father has given him to be with him where he is. The reason that he gives is so that they can see his glory in its fullness. This simple verse gives us two very important things worth pondering. First, if we are in Christ, Jesus wants you to be with him. Jesus desires your company in heaven and eventually in the new creation. Jesus doesn't just want to use us. He certainly doesn't want you to use him. He desires for you to be with him. This gives you incredible intrinsic value to him. You are wanted by the God of the universe. Second, the glory of God so often strikes us as a lofty concept that seems overwhelming something for theologians and maybe even pastors to ponder. Hopefully, you had a chance to explore it more through the Bible Project podcast on Wednesday. The more we reflect on the glory of God, the more I think we gain a proper perspective for worship. When Moses comes into contact with the glory of God, God hides him in the cleft of a rock and only allows him to see his quote-unquote back because the glory of his face would overwhelm and kill him. See that in Exodus 33. When Isaiah has a vision of God's throne room, he exclaims, Woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips, 
and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Check out Isaiah 6 for that. When John has a vision of heaven, he falls on his face as though he were dead. See Revelation 1 for that, which we'll read for additional content. When we think of seeing the glory of Jesus in its fullness, and inch ever closer to grasping the majesty of him, our worship will inevitably deepen. And that's what it is all about. The Father is seeking worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. It should be our heart's desire to give him more and more worship, as his glory is so great. For additional content, I wanted to read Revelation 1, 12 through 18. This passage in Revelation is John's vision of heaven. And as Jesus here in John 17 in the high priestly prayer is praying for the believers who will believe on account of the disciples' message to see his glory and be with him forever, I thought this would be appropriate. It says this, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one was like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Reflection time today. Simply reflect on that image of Jesus that John had in Revelation 1. Read over it again perhaps today or just rewind and listen to it again. Imagine the glory, the beauty, the majesty and the power of Jesus. His glory is so overwhelming that John falls on his face as though dead. Sit with the power of the resurrected Jesus for just a moment. Then consider Jesus' response to John's act of worship and fear. Consider how good and loving and kind Jesus is. He reaches down, places his right hand on him and comforts him, lifting him up. And he reminds him of his humility in death and his victory in resurrection. This is the glory of our Savior on full display.